Hello. Hey, hey. How's it going? G'day, Paige. How are you, mate? I'm doing well. How are you? Yeah, good. What's what's going? Where are you? You look very comfortable wherever you are in the world. I I'm relatively comfortable. I'm in, in my hotel in Switzerland. Uh, we we roll in a half hour, so to the gig. So wow, um, man. Hey, it's yeah. all happening. All happening, brother. Hey, I want to say uh, today is a good day because I'm man. Helmet and your music, not only with Helmet, through other bands, has weaved in and out of my life since my young years, and uh, today's a good day. So I appreciate you jumping on board, mate. Thank you. Cheers, man. Uh, my pleasure. Well, uh, cool, man, man. of course, uh, the new Helmet album, Left, is out now everywhere, and you are absolutely spitting fucking venom on this thing, dude. Like... <laughs> Especially that first song, Holiday, I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, man, the impression I got, though, was it, it comes from a place of care and concern for where we are in the world and as a species, not just for the sake of spit and venom. Is that is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've, we, we're, we seem to be descending into, uh, you know, chaos and, and, you know, each, uh, um, each each century of you know humankind has been more violent than the next, and the twentieth century you know managed to murder millions of people, and 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 here we are um, listening to a you know presidential candidate in the United States talk about putting kid children in cages, anchor anchor babies, meaning babies that were born in the United States but from immigrant parents. Um, it's we got some issues. You know, and it's it's where we got to, you know, we have to get back on track, you know, and, and um, I'm I'm the the GOP, the Republican Party, right wing, whatever you want to call it. This country um, um, is, a, is a minority mm-hmm. and our, our system is broken. And that's why we've had, you know, since Nixon, we've had these presidents that don't deserve to be president because they have never they haven't won the pot. They don't win the popular vote. Um, one of them did. I can't remember which one. Um they, they won the electoral college. And so we're, we're as a nation, the majority is being, you know, subjected to policies that, that we disagree with. And that's not democracy. You know, democracy is, you know, I get two votes, you get one, I win, you know, my side wins. Um, and, you know, the pandemic hit and we, we saw all kind of what, you know, what a shit show, um, you know, Donald Trump's, uh, you know what White House was, um, and the, the 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 thought that this guy could win re-election to me is horrifying. You know, and, yeah, and it should hor- should horrify every everyone, not just Americans. Because uh, yeah, even down here, brother, like even down here, watching it from I guess an outsider's perspective, because it does affect yeah. everybody in the world. Is yeah, it's just a shit show. <laughs> it's like yeah. A big distress. Yeah, well, look at, I mean, look at Netanyahu. He's a fucking, you know, scumbag. And, uh, you know, he's, he's a, a fucking lying cheat. And, you know, he, Hamas sees the weakness. Yeah. I mean, there's protests. There were protests, you know, every weekend and uh, in Israel and, you know, 
before all this went down and, and, you know, people see that, you know, like an, an, it, the enemies see that and we're, you know, we're about to, it, it feels like we're about to embark, uh, uh, you know, upon world war three, you know, I mean, we're already bombing Iran, shooting down drones. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, um, they're talking about annihilating, you know, uh, Gaza, you know, they're, as if they're they they they're animals. They they've said I, I've been reading and listening to, you know, the minister minister of defense um, in Israel. And these people are they're, they're referring to them as you know as animals. I mean, these are human beings. Like it's like we didn't learn anything from World War Two. It's just it's uh, and I you know I think part of this like in this album as I've gotten older and I don't, you know, and I never really cared what anyone thought, but uh, the politics, it was, I was never wanted to stand on a soapbox, you know, mm-hmm. we're not rage against the machine. And I admire those guys on, on a few, on many levels, but at the same time, they they pick specific causes that they stood behind and um, they, you know, those were not necessarily global causes. They were individual causes and, mm-hmm. And I have a hard time with that because I don't know the facts because I wasn't there, you know, for Leonard Peltier or Mumia or whatever in 1975 or whatever, you know, so it's really hard to, to stand behind something that I don't know everything about, but these global issues are, you know, are, are pretty obvious and they're, and we need, we need to make changes, you know? Um, and I think the, the right wing, um, they they're always scream and yell and think that they can scream and yell louder than we can and I'm like I sing in one of the loudest motherfucking bands in the world motherfucker <laughs> it's true I can scream pretty I can sing pretty loud and you know what you sound fucking incredible on this record brother you oh, sound cool. man you you sound better than like some of the younger dudes like thirties uh, and and twenties man like you've taken care of your voice dude. Well, we, you know, I quit smoking in 2007. Um, I quit getting drunk on stage. Um, that helps. But also we did the 30th anniversary tour. We did 30 song sets and 30 sh- uh, shows in Europe, 30 in the U.S. We were headed down under, as you probably know, in 2020. And when the when the shit show hit, uh, we were going to go to Japan, Australia, New Zealand, um in south america and that all got postponed again and again and again i think australia new zealand was rebooked i think we finally the fourth time we made it down there by then it didn't make sense to do the 30th anniversary tour so i think we called it the best of yes um and it got me singing uh, material from all, every kind of era you know that we've done um and um you learn about your voice and the more you sing the more you kind of expand your range and um, yeah, it's funny. It's, it's interesting. Like physically my body is like, I feel like falling apart, you know, as I've gotten older, my knees hurt my back and my wake up and I'm like, Oh man, I got a, you know, swollen ankle. And I, you know, I don't even know what I did. You know, Achilles, my, my brother-in-law's a doctor. He said, yeah, Achilles tendonitis. I'm like, great. You know, cause I bounce. Yeah. On stage, you know, I, bounce on stage it's the, i get in the groove that's how i can sing in a different time signature than i'm playing in you know it's physical <laughs> yeah 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 
physical thing, you know, but, um, but I feel like my voice, like it's about getting rest, you know, you have to get rest and, uh, keep singing, you know? So that's, yeah, I felt, I felt really good. I felt really confident, um, work with people that I know well and, um, uh, that know me well, you know, that I've worked with for, for years, um, off and on. And, um, that kind of helps. And I think as you get older, you, you, you're less self-conscious, you know, because you, you know, you know what you're trying to do. And it's not, I I was talking to somebody about this, um, you know, back in the day, I'd have a music stand flipped like a table and I'd have uh, water, coffee, uh, beer, whiskey, cyclone cider, which was this, uh, vinegar cayenne stuff, like in a dropper. I had all this shit and I have cigarette, you know, cigarettes, an ashtray, all this shit to sing a song. Now I go in there with a bottle of water, sing the fucking song, you know, and just sing the fucking song, dude. And I do, I do takes of the entire song. And, um, if in a song like gun fluff that, um, if you're, if you learn this, once I learned the song and I play it live, I can sing it because I'm staying, I'm, because I'm singing full voice, but you're in the studio and you're learning the song. Mm. You've written the parts, but you're really learning the phrasing. Um, it was hard. So I would do like, cause there's at the end there, there's a chorus that goes into a kind of rhythmic. I want to call, I call it the rap part. It goes into another, um, uh, Oh, there's a bridge with the chord changes, all those major seven chords, parallel major seven chords. Then I go into a rhythmic section, the rap section, then, uh, then a chorus that has, an extra as extra lines so it's like a lot of breath yes you know and sometimes when you're shaping it um like i had the guitar part going up um uh da 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 instead of da 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 um and and i said no i said the guitar part is going to stay the same and the vocal is going to go up and it made more sense and it sounded better it just sounded cooler you know um, it, it, it harmonizes with itself. I'm a minor third above the guitar chord that I'm playing, which in concert pitch would be a D. So I'm singing an F. Um, and um, it's, you know, it's just kind of like some of it's experimentation and some of it's working it out at home, you know, my home studio. Yeah. And, uh, um, and knowing my voice, my vocal range too, you know, I know I can hit notes, but I know I don't want to, lay on that note for you know like a song like throwing punches um i sing that note on a few songs on this album uh but throwing punches is hard because i'm hammering on the same note so your chords are like getting beat 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 so i don't like i don't like doing that one live there's a playlist song like i don't like it you know it's it's like too straight strain you know straining but I think there's all every band's got that one song where they're like, "Why did I do that for?" <laughs> you're like, "I really shot myself." Oh, yeah, but it sounds I've, awesome, you know. I've got, I've got, I've got four or five of them. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, after thirty four years, I, I, I will say though, are you aware how many bands you've actually influenced? I mean, I don't know if you've actually kept tabs of it, but there's bands in Australia that, as they came out, I was like, Helmet. Helmet, 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like it, it's like there's there's a band down here, Grinspoon. If you heard of those guys, I've always uh, they're they're pretty well known band, Australian band. But I've always I'm gonna get some hate mail for this, but I don't care. That um. I, I I just hear so much of your music and your influence on so many bands, especially in Australia. It hit so hard, especially back in the nineties. You know, it it you're not aware of that. You don't hear bands and go, oh, yeah, no, I, I don't know how many bands, but I know. I mean, you know, I've had so many people come up to me and tell me that from Chino and the Deftones to Dimebag and Pantera. And- yes. Uh, you know, the corn guys and people told, you know, said it to me to my face, you know, and, and um, uh, that's, you know, it's flattering. I mean, I hear it. Um, I certainly hear it. I hear it all the time. I hear it in fucking car commercials now. I mean, it's the thing is um, there was a, a vocab. There was a, there was an open lane in indie, in indie music and metal music somewhere in between punk rock and indie rock and noise rock and and metal there was this empty kind of lane that no one was filling and i just got this idea walking home one night and um when i sat down and i i wrote repetition that's the riff got my head one night at four in the morning and the note i heard was a d so it went down below an e obviously a good standard tune guitar side the drop tune and all of a sudden it opened me up to this whole kind of uh, vocabulary and I've, I've continued to build on it and mm-hmm. expand, you know, there's chords on this album that we've never played before. Nobody's ever played um, on, you know, bombastic and the bridge. Um, and um, it, you know, it's cool. I mean, a lot of people kind of got the, the, the most basic aspects of it, you know, and they did, they, they're, they're missing some of the subtlety, but I could point to Led Zeppelin and ACDC and tell you what, maybe how where i absorbed it from like cashmere you know um and bad boy boogie malcolm's you know bridge you know um or highway to hell the turnaround you know where there's there's this rhythmic displacement thing going on and like they're in four but (laughs) they're not like how did they do that what what happened what just happened and you're like and i was always fascinated by that and that's a lot of people miss that you know like and it's I teach my student, I've been teaching and just really loving it. Um, how to, you know, how to just count, you know, and just go, just don't worry about the time signature. Just go one, two, one, two, three, you're in five, one, two, one, two, one, two, three, you're in seven, you know, it's, and you can, you can keep a pulse going and, and do any of those, you know, and say, you know, that's a three against four, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, there's five. One, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, one, two, pop, 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 now, one, pop, 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 one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You know, it's simple, but you have to practice it and you have to feel it. And it's this great feeling because you're like floating across the bar line. And that's what jazz, you know, does. That's what Sonny Rollins is doing when he's playing his saxophone solo, you know, and so many, so many kids now with Pro Tools and computers, they're snapping everything to this mathematical grid. Yes. Bore, bores the shit out of me, man. I'm like, what do you think of so-and-so and so-and-so? I'm like, I'm like, fuck, man. Like, push it forward. Do something. Come up with something new, man. You're losing just... that space, I think. A lot of bands are getting so digital that they're losing that 
that live, you know, the ambient room sounds, you know, that you yeah. guys always seem to capture, you know, the drums just always could breathe. Guitars could breathe everything. It just felt like it was a much bigger sound. We still, we still perform the songs live, like the arrangements done and we play the arrangement in the studio. When I talked to Lincoln park, when I worked with them, they were like, yeah, we write everything in the studio, put pieces together. And then we learn it later. And I said, we, I write it and range it. We go and we learn it and spruce it up and play it as is play the song. Um, and we, we may fix something if there's a kit. We love a drum performance, but there's a snare, of, mm. you know, a, a, a hair off, you know, or whatever. If it's, you know, if it's obvious and drag or whatever, I'm not averse to fixing one thing. But I, like when you, when you polish it all up and bring everything to snap to this grid, it really takes the life out of it. You know, yeah. there's an Australian band that my friend Dave Sardi was producing. I think they're called Jet. They had a big song. And um, I went in the studio to visit him and, Dave, and Greg Gordon, the engineer, who worked on Aftertaste. And they were working on their follow-up album. And they were playing video games in the other room while Greg Gordon was snapping everything to the grid. And their music is basic. I mean, it's super, yeah, it it's like rock. Like, yeah. You know? And... Uh, I said, do they know you're doing this? And he said, no. And I was like, wow. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, Did they know me out though? Did they? <laughs> well, they well I, know. I, I guess they'll know now. But um, I guess they will now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Like I, they were, they were, they were, maybe they were on a break when I was there for an hour. I don't know, but they didn't seem to really be participating in the process and and i'm i'm a control freak everybody's accused me of that and i'm you know i, I, I confess i'm there for every fucking note everything you know i mean the mix i let the mixer work but he, he'll go through you know i 20 mixes before he sends me something and then i then i can give him my notes you know jim kaufman was amazing that way that's but that's how it worked with andy wallace and Terry Dave too. I, I get out of the room because I don't want to be there. You know, I don't want to be there where they're dialing in a delay or a fucking, you know, whatever compression or whatever. It's like, it's boring. I do that at home when I'm mixing my or my orchestra, my, my film stuff or my weird solo shit. But, um, so I don't want to be there and I want to come in and be, and if something's weird, I'll be like, that's off. I don't like that. You know? And I, plus with Andy, I would tell him there'd be certain things that'd be in the song. I wouldn't tell him. I would just want to make sure he would find it. And he did every time because you know, his ears were so good. That's cool. And uh, that's why, you know, when you're, when you know, you're in good hands, you know, so you got to trust the people you work with, but you also have to participate in the process. And those guys didn't seem to really be there. So I don't know. I don't know their music at all. Sardi, you know, they did, they did wonders for his career because he ended up working with the stones, you know, right. so <laughs> that's yeah. so crazy. Well, to, I mean, yeah. about that, that's something I did want to ask you, and you've probably been asked many times, but if you couldn't tell by my mug, I'm a very big Bowie fan. And I am, I, I especially love his 90s stuff with, with Reeves. Like, that, I think the guitar work on that stuff is just fucking incredible. And you came, you jammed with him, you, you toured with him. How was it being part of that and learning all the eras? of uh, and incorporating that into your own 
I guess, your own style and, and injecting yourself into that? Uh, it was it was a uh, a daunting task because I got a call and had uh, from him and had two weeks to learn thirty songs and then go play Wembley Stadium. Cool. Uh, well, first you know SNL, Conan, Rosie, uh, Letterman, all these shows and stuff in the U.S. Um, but it was amazing. I mean, he's he's a, uh, he's a genius, obviously. Um, it was also there's a certain kind of hired gun aspect to, to artists like that. Um, and they get these really amazing musicians, uh, kind of session studio cats, but it's, it's, um, when Reeves left, he was kind of, you know, he was Bowie's wingman. So that 13 years that they spent together, Mm. that music had his personality in it. And so, Bowie said, you don't have to do exactly what's on the records, play in the spirit of music. Um, and he, but he'd always look at me and say advice for budding young songwriters. And he'd look at me, you know, in rehearsal. And um, he was a fan of Helmet. I'd met him two years earlier. And so he called me and um, there was no audition or anything. I just went in and um, it was great. I mean, I learned a lot, you know, it gave me confidence. Um, uh I, I was also going through a tough time because I le- literally left my wife like four, four or five weeks earlier after 10 years. So um, after shows, I was getting hammered. I never drank before or during the shows, but I was drinking a lot after shows. And he, came, in fact, called me Hangover Hamilton at one point. Um, but yeah, I, 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 I love him, uh, loved him, love him. Um, and it was a, huge honor i mean it was crazy you know he like i was super quiet because i wasn't never trying to get my moment with him or whatever people are swarming around him all the time yeah he was like page is my quiet one and i was like i'm not gonna fucking get up your ass like you got everybody <laughs> else's everybody else's up your ass i don't need i'm happy to learn your music and play with you it's an honor and i learned a lot and it was, it was uh he was beautiful beautiful human being too i think he was I don't know what he was like when he was on cocaine in the seventies, but uh, you know, he, um, he was awesome. He was great, man. Good, good person. Oh man. That's an amazing story. Thanks for sharing that dude. I know you probably get asked. <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I fell over. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. No, I'm just... sitting on my. <laughs> okay. We have like a, we have a few minutes and I got to go. Oh, the boy. No. oh, sorry, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying hearing you. Your stories about the uh, the album and stuff, but uh, have you got another one? You haven't got another one. You just got a jet. I'm the last one. Yeah, they're they'll be waiting for me. Oh, mate, I'm sorry, sorry to hold you up. I <laughs> did want to ask you though. You've just I know you were just here, but have you got plans to come back? Play some more. Not right now. Not right now. Um, we. Uh, my guess is realistically, it would be in 2025. Probably um, next year we have a U.S. tour um, in the spring, a long one, and then uh, we might go back to Europe for festivals at some point for a couple of weeks. So the band, the band. I mean, to be honest with you, um, I loved making this record and uh, I love playing the shows, but I don't love the travel anymore. It's 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 um, it's a bit much. Um, I you know I. Australia is 
a, a special place. So we'll always keep going back there. Um, Europe is the tours are long because you, you, it's the only way you can financially afford to do it, you know? And um, it's, it's like, we, I have a month left over here and I feel like I've been here forever already. I think I've been here three weeks or something like that. Um, so the touring is, and there's just not, we're not a, you know, we're not a radio band. We're not a mainstream band. So there's not like the demand um, and the money, you know, it's, it's just since the pandemic, it's gotten so expensive to tour. So, and I can't come out here and lose money, you know, because um, I, I make a living as a musician, um, you know, by, by teaching and producing and playing on films and, um, you know, God willing, you know, continuing to score films and I'm working on a solo album and I have some other stuff that I'm, you know, I want to do. Um, so it, it, yeah, it's, we kind of have to pick, pick our moments for the, for helmet, you know, so. Whenever that is, man, we'll be here. We're always here. Awesome. Yeah. I fucking love it down there, man. It's, you know, it's on my, it's on my radar. If Trump wins, it's, Hey man, no, I'm on the Gold Coast. You've been here before. Hey man, you're always welcome anytime. Yeah, move, love move, it up there. Move down here. We've got the beaches with the mountains. We can just jam out. Beautiful, yeah. all time. Beautiful, yeah. No, it's amazing. It's a magical place. I managed to. We had a day off in Sydney, and I managed to get in the ocean, and it saved me. Just felt so good, man. That water up there, goddamn. Yeah, and the Gold Coast too. Wow, yeah, it's stunning. Pretty lucky. Beautiful. Beautiful part of the world. You guys are very fortunate. I I agree. We are pretty damn lucky. Mate. We are. Dude. Yeah. But uh, hey, mate. Thanks again for hanging out on the show. We're gonna have all the links down here to left and on the website, brother. I hope you get through this tour, and uh, we'll have, maybe have a chat when the solo stuff comes out. That'd be cool. Thanks. Okay, now nice to meet you, man. Take you care. Too, have a great night. Take care, man. Bye. See you, brother. Bye.